Welcome to Rum Travel Talk and we're back for a new episode. So my name is Tim Husty. I'm happy that you're back again to listen and today we will talk about something I love. I may have mentioned that a few times already in some other episode. I love traveling. Traveling is like my biggest passion in the world. I love seeing the world. I love to see new places. I love to eat new food. I love to discover new cultures. Traveling is just awesome. So fuck you, COVID, that I couldn't do much travel last year. So last year I went only on the two trips before March, before the fucking COVID pandemic hit us. So last year I did only England. I was in Manchester and Liverpool to visit a friend for his birthday, which was awesome. I love it, but yeah. And I went to Sweden to visit my good friend Martin, which was great as well. But that wasn't really a big holiday. You know, I have to travel the world. And last year was the first time in many years that I was only in Europe so thank you again COVID-19 I hate you fucking bitch but well whatever and today so we I thought let's do yeah let's do a talk about geography and I will tell you some I hope facts which are interesting you may have already known a few of them but maybe there are some new for you and hope you will like them and I will talk about some travel anecdotes in between or maybe some stories which I may have known about those places and yeah so today my intro will be quite short so let's go immediately to the show let's go to our most favorite theme song so five six seven eight episode because this week we will have no native English speaker on the show so my guest today is my brother so we have two people from Luxembourg here so everyone say hello to Ian hey there guys glad to be here thank you Ian for joining us today it was a very spontaneous episode today so today as I said to you we will do it Ge geography episode so i know you are not now the biggest geography geek but you are the one who always travels with me or most of the time and i thought that when i do something about geography and facts and then traveling who should i invite the guy who travels the most of the time with me and that's well that's you yeah and considering that i travel that much with you i'm still kind of bad at geography yeah so who knows i might learn something today exactly again. So Today, I will talk about some geography facts and stuff. So I will not be like your geography teacher from many years ago. I will not like doing, and now we have point one, blah, 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 very boring. We try to do that very cool. And we try to sometimes put the nice anecdotes in between of the places I have traveled with my brother, because maybe there are some facts about places we have been and then we will find certainly a story to tell oh yeah good old times when we're still allowed to travel yeah 2019 oh, what is what a nice year but that will come back so yes to hope 
Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's go right to our show then. So we will start now with interesting borders. And Ian, border number one is from a country not far from us. Do you know me? Oh what my, which one is it? Yes, so it's the country where they love fries. Ah, it's our Belgian colleagues, isn't it? Yes, and also our Dutch friends, because we go to the town of Barle Hertog and Barle Nassau. I can't remember which one is the Belgian one, but which one is the Dutch one. But this town is a very weird town because this town or those two towns are comprised by a series of conclaves. So I maybe have to explain what a conclave is. So a conclave is a territory belonging to one country, but is surrounded by land belonging to another country. Oh. I don't know. Have you ever heard about that town? Uh, not really, now. So, okay, so well, that town has many pockets, like you can say pockets of those conclaves, because this town has like 20, 30 conclaves, because in this town you have houses, which one part of the house is in Belgium and the other house, part of the house is in the Netherlands. And those borders, you can see them because there are some white crosses everywhere. So this town has like 20 borders. There's a lot of small conclaves, like maybe just 15 kilometers big, uh, meters big, sorry, not kilometers. And like yeah, this town is full of patches and every patch of that town is different country. So the one patch is Belgium, then they have another patch of again of Netherlands, and then they get Belgium, Netherlands. So you can cross countries 20 times in like five minutes. And you could even sit in a cafe with someone that you have. For example, if we would go to a bar, what we love doing when we go to holidays, so we I could sit oh, yes. on the Belgium side of the table, and where, where you're sitting on the table could be the Netherlands. That's absolutely possible in that in that town. So that's a weird border in Belgium between Belgium and the Netherlands. We could have a cross-border cheers then. Exactly. And how, nice. for example, and also those houses who where one part of the house is in the Netherlands and one part of the house is in Belgium, they have then two zip codes because, well, they are two countries. They do. So they need, yeah, they need two zip codes, two countries. So, yeah. A good thing they're in Europe then. Imagine exactly. having border control in your own house. Yeah, that would be weird. And I found another country or not, two other countries who have the same problems a bit. So there's a place called, well, there's a place in India and Bangladesh with a very funny name. So yeah, we are very mature people, but we will probably all laugh at that name. So that region there, the India, Bangladesh is called Kooch Bihar. <laughs> I'm not very mature. Yeah, me neither. So the word Kooch made me laugh. And there, you have also a lot of those small enclaves, and you have even an inception enclave there. So you have one Indian enclave surrounded by a Bangladeshi enclave, which is again surrounded by an Indian enclave. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's confusing. Yep. And those countries not like European Union, where you can walk free between the countries. So there's always some border control between every fucking enclave. So India and Bangladesh is not as lucky as Belgium and the Netherlands. 
Well, but it's one way to create jobs, isn't it? Yeah, because every one, every few kilometers, you need a border control. Well, I don't know how strict it is over there. I could I haven't seen any videos about that place. I just found that on the internet. So that was some random place I just found online when I was googling for the episode. But I thought it was interesting because of that enclave, which is surrounded by an enclave, which is surrounded again by an enclave. So that's why I choose that one to talk about because it's weird. And well, then we go to the third weird border. So there's also an interesting border between Alaska and Russia. So there are two islets which are called the Diomede Islands. I don't know if I pronounce it right. It's Diomede, Diomede, no idea, but D-I-O-M-E-D-E, Diomede. The big Diomede Island is Russia and the small one is in the USA. And both islands are only four kilometers apart. So you have a border between the US and Russia, which is just four kilometers apart. So, but that's not the interesting fact about that because, uh, okay, no one knew that Russia and America is that close between Alaska and Russia, but there's a, some islands which are just four kilometers apart. But the funny thing is, there's a 24 hours time difference between those islands. So, oh. Good weather, you can see one island from well, you can see what could do both islands if you have good weather from the beach. So, when you're standing at that beach, if there's one standing at the Russian island and one at the American island, you can either wave to someone in the past or the future. Oh, I got some time travel vibes here, exactly. And we experienced that time travel also once, if you remember well, November. 23 2019 yeah the good old times yeah that was when we crossed the dateline also for the first time so i was with ian then in australia and we were continuing our trip from australia to hawaii so that was a saturday so we left australia on a saturday evening i think it was 7 p.m and then on a saturday 7 p.m saturday and we arrived in hawaii on Saturday, 6 a.m. So that was, I think, probably the longest day we ever had because I don't think we ever had. Yeah, quite one a day there. It's nice yeah. for, for vacation. Yep, that made us, that gave us one day more of holiday, kind of. Just that, that it's so far away. Yeah. At least for us Europeans. Exactly. But it was just the only thing which sucked that you arrived in Hawaii. It's 6 a.m. You can't go to your hotel. You're probably fucking tired. So we were tired. So we were walking around Honolulu. Everything was closed. But then we found one highlight at 7 or 8 a.m., which was open. That was Oasis, so to speak. Oh, yes. It was a place called... Do you remember the name of the place? Yeah, it was called like that one song, wasn't it? Cheeseburger in Paradise? Exactly. Cheeseburger in Paradise. I like my burger with lettuce and tomato. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that's a song. There's a bar with that, which is named after that song. And that one was open at 8 a.m. And they had a boo special at 8 a.m. in the morning. So you had your breakfast items, like your typical American breakfast items, like, well, pancakes or whatever. And then you had a beer menu, a breakfast beer menu. Okay, I'm not a beer guy. Ian was in paradise. He could he could drink his beer, but he had also, for me, the manly, the very manly drink called mimosas. 
So at 8 a.m., we could start drinking. And that was perfect. We had a view on the fantastic beach of Honolulu and, or Waikiki Beach, because I was just across Waikiki Beach. So 8 a.m., drinks, Waikiki Beach. Ah, that was... Waikiki Beach is by far not the most beautiful beach no. on that island. And it's a beautiful one, but yeah, definitely not the best one. So if you're going to Hawaii, of course, go to Waikiki Beach, but rent the car and just drive around that island. There are so many awesome beaches just around there. there also, many beaches where, on, where you don't have millions of tourists like at Waikiki Beach. It's a bit overhyped. Yeah, Waikiki Beach is overhyped, yeah. But it's a nice area. And if you want to go to a good bar, Ian, you, I'm pretty sure you know a good bar not far from Waikiki Beach. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, there was the yard house that I quite enjoyed. <clears throat> Good atmosphere. And for me, of course, a large selection of uh, different beers from all around the world. Yeah, probably. The, I guess it's probably the biggest in all Hawaii. At least, yeah, I would yes, say. There's a chance of that, yes. Yeah, that was Hawaii. Definitely a place where we have to go back one day. Okay, so we're going to next border then. So next border is a place... I haven't been, you haven't been there either. So we have now the border between Sudan and Egypt, which is mostly a boring border because normally the border there is just a straight line, really a straight, straight line, but there's one anomaly on that straight line. You have one place called Bir Tavil, which is on the middle of nowhere between those two countries, but no one is claiming that country. So it's between Sudan and Egypt, a spot in the middle of the desert, but not Egypt and not Sudan is claiming that part of part. So that's like no man's land. Is there yeah. a particular reason behind that? Or? Absolutely no idea. I couldn't find a real explanation, but no one wants that part. Uh, there was just once. I'm not sure if that was that part because I read some once a story about a place which was also unclaimed. There was some American who drove there this with a flag and he said, that's now my country because I want my daughter to be a princess. I'm not sure if that was that place, but this place is claimed by no one. So, Birtaville, probably nothing to see there if no one wants to claim it because it's in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere between Egypt and Sudan. So, eh, I, that's, so that's not a place we recommend to travel to, but if you want to Google a weird place, Google Birtaville or Wikipedia, there's probably more information on it. So that's all we Surprised can tell about. No Surprise, no one's tried to claim it yet. Yeah, not even the Americans, because there's no oil probably, so the Americans are not going there. <coughs> no, uh, uh, so, sorry, I wasn't saying anything. Uh, yeah. But let's stay with the Americans now. The next weird border place is in a state. Yeah, we have been in that state, but I don't think we were in that town. So now we go to the town of Derby Line in Vermont. There's one house there in the city, which one half of the house is... The American part of the, the other part is Canadian. And the, the American part of the house is a library and the Canadian side is an opera house. And of course, the Americans and the Canadians can use any part of the house, but do not dare to cross the border to that house. That is absolutely forbidden, but yeah, you can, both countries can use that house for the same thing. So if you need uh, books, and if you're from Canada, you go to America, that's allowed. If you are in America, you want to go to the Opera in Derby Line, that's allowed. But go out, back out of the house from the place where you came into the house, because 
going outside the wrong place. That's highly forbidden and would cost a big fine. Seems kind of counterproductive to have both a library where it's supposed to be quiet and then a yeah. an opera house where it definitely isn't quiet right next to it. But yeah, that's I just guess. my opinion, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's weird, but yeah. So in that one part, it's like shh, and the other one is un automobile, dos automobile, and then for the other side, shh, we're waiting. Make a concert out of that. <laughs> so Vermont, we have been to Vermont. It's a nice place because our parents have a house in Canada. That Vermont is the nearest place to go from there to the U.S. So we went there, and so there's the town of Vermont, where we there's one place who have fantastic burgers, but I forgot the name of the restaurant. I would love to tell you the name now of the restaurant, but I forgot it. Didn't you have a list of like the best burgers uh, all around the world? Yeah, that's where I found it, but I don't have it on my hand. But I will write in the side notes on, on my homepage to the restaurant in Burlington, Vermont. And also, if you're going to Burlington as well, Burlington is the place where they made in Vermont the Ben and Jerry's ice cube. So Ben and Jerry's comes from Burlington. We went to the one Ben and Jerry's shop once. They had quite a huge choice of ice cream there, but I can't. But yeah, that was okay. It's ice cream. It's good ice cream. But yeah, it was an ice cream shop from Ben and Jerry's. I think the most uh, impressive bit, at least for me as a European, were the uh, sizes of the ice cream you'd get. You oh, know, yeah. uh, you'd think, oh, I'll take small ice cream. I, I get one single scoop, but then they keep on piling on these scoops. Yeah. And suddenly you have a tower of ice cream, and uh, that's like, the smallest one. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? I said small. Yes, sir, that is small. Okay. How much I get them? Everything is bigger in America. Um, Absolutely. And also, with something which is interesting in Vermont, if we're talking still about Vermont, the smallest US capital is also in Vermont. It's like a town. It's like a small town in Luxembourg. It was very small. It's called Montpellier, but not like the French Montpellier because it has just one L at the Pellier. So that's Montpellier. But they have a nice capital building to see from the outside. But we were not inside, but it's, it has nice, it was golden on the top. It was nice to see. And the beer was also good, I think, in Vermont, right? Yeah, nothing to complain. Yeah, the, I had wine and gin from there. Yeah, it wasn't that bad either. Yeah, Vermont, definitely one of the most beautiful places in New England to go to. So if you want to have quiet New England, then you go to Vermont and Maine. That's the quiet states in New England. Because if, if you go to Massachusetts, Boston is big and busy, but Vermont and Maine, very quiet, but very beautiful nature. We can just recommend to go to both places. Vermont is like the comes of the French word Green Mountains, Mont Vert, Green Mountains. So there's a lot of mountains, and in Maine you have the sea coast. And the, the most thing I really liked about Vermont was the uh, first trip back where we didn't take the regular road, but we took the road that went over the islands. Oh yeah, Miller Lake and. Uh, what was it called? Manitoulin Island, something like yeah, that. Yeah, you have those islands you're trying to, which, which goes through Lake Chamberlain, and then you have a few islands in the middle of the lake, but all, all island is connected by a bridge, and then you can drive 
between all, all those islands back to America to Canada, which is really a beautiful road. That was cool. It's quite a scenic route indeed. Absolutely. Okay, so let's stay in the United States for the next ball. So Liberty Island, this, that's the island where the Statue of Liberty is. So if I would ask you, Ian, where's the Statue of Liberty? You would say probably... Well, that I'd say New York, but it's probably wrong, isn't it? Yes, because, well, it's on paper, it's New York, but technically it's in the waters of New Jersey. And New York made that a special deal with New Jersey that they could say, yeah, it's in New York because it's in the waters of New Jersey. So it's so. a prestige thing. Exactly, because it's that Lady Liberty, if you think of Lady Liberty here in New York City, and then a lot of New Jersey, which is the Garden State, but it's New York. So taxes from Liberty Island goes to New York, but the electricity comes from New Jersey, and you have to pay that electricity New York to New Jersey for the Statue of Liberty. The prize of prestige. Exactly. And New York, we have been to New York. I remember one thing that I remember, we had a very weird experience when we were in New York. So, of course, we love to have our drink and we were walking to New York. And then I remember you standing next to me at when we tried to cross the street. You looked at me. Okay, I'm probably a little bit drunk, but I want to be sure if you have just seen the same thing than I did. And I look back oh, at yes. you. Oh, yes. I hope so, too, because there was now a black dude on a skateboard in a pink bikini passing by. And you said, yep, I saw the same thing. Okay. And he was on a, was it rollerblades? No, not rollerblades. It was a kickboard or something. It could be a kickboard. Yeah, I thought it was, I had a skateboard in my head, but it could it's, be also a kickboard. Yeah. You, you don't see that every day. Exactly. It was, I'm not, I'm not too sad about it, mind. That was a funny thing. So New York, if you want to see weird people, New York is a perfect place, but New York is always also a great place to travel to. So tips for New York. I think, no, I already gave you those tips about last episode, so I don't have to go give those tips again now. But New York, yeah. New York is always cool to go. I don't give you any more ideas for the city because I gave those in the last episode. So, yeah, New York. Weird people, beautiful town. Yeah, cool. Okay, let's... Think that the, think that description fits most cities, sorry. Exactly. But New York have probably more weird people than any other cities I know. But at least that's, that's the city where I saw the most weirdest people. And Berlin. New York and Berlin... Yeah, that's those those are two cities where I saw the weirdest people. Many weird people in Berlin. Yeah, when I was there for my internship, I saw definitely some weird mm. drug people over there. But those were not as funny stories than the black dude in the bikini on the kickboard. <laughs> yeah, that one's hard to top. Yeah. Okay, so let's leave the US. So now we have the border of Wagga between Pakistan and India. The border is quite a normal one, but every day, two hours before sunset, the border control of both countries has like a dance border closing ritual to lower the flag. And then you have always tourists on each side, or in Pakistan and in India, there are then thousands of tourists just to see that weird dance border closing ritual. So that's also mm, something. Yeah, I've seen that one. It feels a bit like a sketch from Monty Python where they do that Ministry of Silly Walks yeah, thing. Like a silly walk thingy for to just to change to lower the flag. But 
apparently it's a famous tourist attraction in Vaga, which is between Pakistan and India. It's probably highly offensive to compare them to the uh, to the Ministry of City Works, probably. Ah, both countries were once England, so we can say, we can say that. <clears throat> yeah, but well, we never been there, so we do not have any funny anecdotes for those two countries. So I'm sorry for that. So let's go to the to last three border facts I have. So now number eight, there are only three countries in the world that are completely landlocked by another country. Do you have an idea which ones? So by landlocked by other countries, you mean that uh, they the have entire no country border is surrounded by one country. There are two in Europe. And those two in Europe are surrounded by the same country. Yeah, that's probably Vatican City. Yep. Uh, what's the? It's not Liechtenstein. It's, no, not Liechtenstein. Uh, it, it starts with. Been there, haven't you? Is it wasn't I San Marino? Yes, San Marino, exactly. A.M. And then we have in Africa Lesotho, which is surrounded by South Africa. I think that one I only know due to Command and Conga. <laughs> San Marino, I've been to San Marino and Vatican City, but I haven't, I had no funny stories over there. Vatican City, of course, when you visit Rome, you go to Vatican City, but then you visit the big church and that's it. So nothing funny happened when I was in Vatican City. San Marino, an awesome place because you have that old town on a on the top of a hill where you have the castles with three towers which is nice to walk around but also there i had no funny story there i had wine from san marino which was good i had some pasta over there which was good too they were surprised when we were at the restaurant and somebody because i was a, with a friend of yours with fred there and i had a bottle of rosé wine and he had a bottle of red wine they were surprised because each one of us took a bottle of wine for himself, they were like, uh, okay, but it was hot and we had we were thirsty and lo a bottle of wine. Eh, that's not that much. Oh, that depends who takes it, right? Uh, for for Luxembourgish people, that's easy peasy, and probably for most of our listeners who are from the UK, that's like child play. So yeah, that was my stories for those two countries. Nothing funny happened there. So let's continue to number nine. So China and Russia are both bordered by 14 countries. So that's the record. I will. I have no idea how, how much of those 40 countries. I, well, we could try in some summer, but I mean, uh, ah, but China. You also, yeah, you have China, Russia, and they, those are bordering those kind of Mongolia. North Korea. Mongolia, Korea. Bleh. Kyrgyzstan, Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, India, Ukraine for Russia, Belarus for Russia, Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia. Yeah, Baltic states. China has probably Myanmar, Nepal, also Afghanistan and India. Vietnam? I think they also have borders with Vietnam. It's possible. It's possible. We really don't know much about yeah. that area of the world, man. If I would really think about it i may get all the countries for, for those 
too, but I'm too lazy now. So let's continue to number 10 because I, I have been to Russia, but I will talk about Russia maybe another episode because I may have a guest from Russia for one of my future episodes. And I will talk with him about Russia or St. Petersburg. Now we go to the last interesting border fact. So there's a river in Europe, which is called Bida Sao. And there's an island called Lille de Faison, or in Spanish, Isla de los Faisanes, or in English, Pheasant Island. And which is interesting about that island, every six months, it belongs to another country. So the first six months of the year, it belongs to France, and then it goes back to Spain. And then again, back to France, and every six months, they change like that. Oh. And there's, just, there's nothing like that. It's just a small island on a river, but they can't decide to whom belongs that island. So as Spain and France are friends, they said, eh, let's do a change of that like six months. I think Canada has the same thing with an island in Denmark where they do the same thing also every few months, but they put also a bottle of, of alcohol on the island to give them here. There's a bottle of alcohol as a present for you now. Drink it and give us another bottle of vodka or whatever booze you have in six months back. That's a nice arrangement. Yeah, it's more interesting than the French one where they just say, yeah, six months here, six months later. And Canada and, and Denmark, they gave have at least some boost between that. Everybody wins, I guess. Exactly. But now, yeah, I have no funny stories to tell about Spain and France. We were both to those countries. Uh, I was drunk in Spain. I was drunk in France. I know you were drunk in Spain as well because I asked you once to bring me booze from Spain and you couldn't find it because you were too fucking drunk and it's just in the entrance of the fucking supermarket, but you couldn't find it. So I'm never getting you never get rid of that. Yeah. But also well, also my buddy was who waited outside was also maybe a bit tipsy, was kind of mad. He had to wait for a quarter an hour or so in the sun. Yeah, booze. No fun story starts with a salad. They just start with booze fun stories. Okay, so those were, were our border facts. So let's go to a few more interesting geography facts to talk about. So in one of my past episodes, I tried to pronounce the name of European largest town in my Welsh Doctor Who episode. So I was pronouncing probably very wrong, but my friend from Wales, he could have pronounced it like that. And I had to read it. He knew it like that. He was like, and I was like, what the fuck? But that wasn't the longest name in the world. So I think the one in Europe has only like 64 letters or something like that. There's one town in New Zealand which has 163 letters. Uh, what? Uh huh. I will try to read the name of the town now. So I have to read it because I will never know that fucking town by heart. And I may have to find one day a native New Zealand person and not a, a UK New Zealand person, but a, a native one, which from the Maori clan, because it's probably a town name from that part of New Zealand. So I will try to pronounce. So it's called like Taumatawakatangihangak you made that up, didn't you? Nope. I googled it and what? then town worth longest. And I hope you remember it now because now it's your turn. 
<laughs> yeah, you are aware I have the memory of a goldfish. Yeah, yeah, I think like... it had uh, the words kaka and manga in it. Yeah, kaka was in it, definitely, because puri pukaka. So tamatava wakata kinha hankak uaya to tamatea turi pukaka piki manga horonuku pukaiwe nua kita nau. Something yeah. like that. What, what, what you said, dude. Exactly. <laughs> so let's continue from the that town to the town with the shortest name. So there's one town in Sweden and Norway, which is called A. Uh. Mm -hmm. So it's called A. Uh. One letter. I can remember. And in France, there's a town called Y. Y. I don't know if you have the French call it. Do they say E, Y? I don't know, but it's called Y. It's letter Y in France. And that's Y. And let's stay with long city names because Los Angeles, that shows us again that American people are a bit lazy because they do not call it, they don't call the, the town how it's really called because Los Angeles, it's not his, the real name of the city. The real name of Los Angeles is El Pueblo de Nuestra Señora La Reina de Los Angeles de Porciúncula. Rolls right off the tongue. Yes, El Pueblo de Nuestro Sinoa and de la Reina de Los Angeles de Porcincula. And Americans are lazy, so this just say, ah, that's just called Los Angeles. Yeah, you know what? I I can I, I can sympathize with that. Yeah, it's easier, that's true. Yeah, LA. Also an interesting place to travel to. Well, most people go to LA to see Disneyland, Universal Studios. The Hollywood sign. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of LA. LA, okay, Universal Studios are cool. Disneyland is cool, but the city of Los Angeles sounds like, eh, it's just big, but there's nothing special over there. New York is a nice town that you can visit. You don't even need a car. So you just can walk to New York, but in Los Angeles, you need a car because it's that fucking big. And there's, well, they have an interesting nature around Los Angeles, but the city itself is like, eh. No, not that interesting. And did you know there's on every continent on this world is a city called Roma. On every continent is a city called Roma. Or Rome. Well, of course, there's no city in, on Antarctica, but on every other continent, you have uh, at least one city which is called Roma. So uh, even in Africa? Yep. Apparently there's also Roma in Africa. I don't know where, but that's what I found online that every yeah. continent is a city called Roma. So yeah, oh. Roma, every continent. And then let's go to a continent now where we haven't been yet, South America. In South America, there's a stadium called Estadio Milton Correa in Brazil. And which is interesting about that stadium is because if you are playing a football match there, you are playing in two def different hemispheres because the, the football field is split by the equator. So you're playing in the North Hemisphere and in the South Hemisphere if you're playing a soccer match, sorry, a football match there. So the only football stadium in the world where you can play on two different hemispheres. So that's in Estadio Milton Correa in Brazil. Also, stadium or? Sorry? 
Is it a big stadium or I is... I don't know if it's a big one, but it's a stadium where the field is separated by the equator. That's something. That's also something that you can't find anywhere. Yeah, but now leave again South America because we don't have a lot to talk about the South America because I was only once there for a very short time. Nothing special happened there. And I think you have, you have never been there. So let's go to a place where we have been both. So in, in Australia, there's a fence to keep dingoes away. And the fence is 3,488 miles long. So that's longer than the border between China and Russia, which is only 2,615 miles. So we have a border where even Trump would be jealous because they have a fence that long to keep dingoes away. Well, sometimes dingo get, it gets through because there are stories in Australia, apparently, which were true, where dingoes stole human babies. But yeah, you have a long fence over there. That sounds like Australia, all right? Yep. And Australia is awesome, also an awesome place. We have been there also in 2019, as mentioned already before. And Sydney is one of my most favorite places to travel to. And yeah, so you've seen Sydney, I guess you liked it too. That's great. It's just a bit unfortunate that we were there at the beginning of that uh, really bad fire season of 2020. Uh, not 2019. Oh, yes. 2019. Yeah, but in that fire scene of 20... Oh, never mind. Uh, we were there at the start of the fire season and uh, it, it was... Uh, even though the fires were quite far away, there was still a lot of fog in uh, Sydney itself. Yeah, and, the first uh, day we had like a barbecue smell in Sydney, but then in the afternoon we had blue sky again and wasn't spelling anymore. Yeah, but I remember early in the morning that uh, barbecue smell of uh, burnt wood that was uh, pretty <laughs> much omnipresent. Yeah, that was weird. That was also something that we never had. Like, yeah, we never seen that in our life before. But it was also an interesting experience. But okay, it wasn't interesting for the nature, but was something new yeah the circumstances could have been I, better it's something that i didn't have to experience but we experienced and it was also kind of interesting somehow but yeah that was australia so let's continue to come to where we have been also already very often now we go to canada in canada we have i found something which is even more inception than the one we had with the borders because in Canada, there's an island in a lake, on an island, in a lake, on an island. Mm -hmm. So you have an island in a lake, on an island, in a lake, on an island. Somewhere in the north of Canada, though that island hasn't even gotten a name because it's somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Canada. But yeah, they have an inception island, an island with a lake, on an island, on a lake. And, and, and. So yeah, that's some weird stuff you can find in Oh, Canada. But yeah, Canada, I love that place. I hope to go back there very soon because Canada has so many cool places to go to. Toronto, where we they have our one of our most favorite bars. Again, yeah, we're always talking booze, but in Toronto, there's the bar where, where you have like the biggest beer shoes I have ever seen in my life. Saying something. Okay, again, that's more for you, but I, the food is not, it's not bad at all at that bar as well. Ian, what's the name again of the bar? You will give us the name. 
The name is rather unspe unspectacular because it's just simply called the craft. But uh, yeah, great location, great choice, yeah, great, the uh, great choice of drinks. Uh, it was great. I liked it. Yeah, Canada is an awesome place. So if you go to Canada one day, travel to Toronto, go to that place, have a drink. Toronto is awesome also to go to visit Niagara Falls, which is like an hour drive just away. Take the Marriott Hotel with the, the falls view. It's just awesome. The city of Niagara Falls is like little Las Vegas, nothing special, but the falls are cool to see. And also when you do the boat, which is just goes in front of the falls, that's kind of cool. Yeah, Canada. We will talk about Canada in another episode. So I will have a Canadian guest very soon, I hope. And then we talk more about Canada. But Canada, yeah, one of our favorite countries to go to. And also, for, and also for beer and wine. And all of this. <laughs> We're not always doing booze. Cruises, yeah, we are doing. No, what we do most time over there is walking. We walk a lot. Ian oh, yes. comes that I made him, I make him walk at least 10 to 20 kilometers a day. But that's good because then you see things. Walking, traveling and walking is the best thing to discover stuff. That's quite correct, yes. Oh, but now we let's go again back to Australia. So in Australia, there's a cattle farm which is bigger than the entire country of Israel. So I don't want to be the farmer at that fucking farm if you have to look for a cow which is missing because if you have to run through a farm which is as big as the country of Israel that's like holy shit I doubt they might one cow going here that goes <laughs> missing yeah I don't know how they work on that farm but holy shit to work in a farm as big as that that must be hard so I guess they have like a lot of people probably working at that farm because well they have to but yeah so again, now we switch again countries. So we have been before in Canada. Let's go back to Canada or a United States. Or yeah, it's kind of both. So Ian, there's a town in Point Roberts, Washington, in the state of Washington. In, there's a town called Point Roberts. They have no school there. Hmm. Like no school building or? Exactly, like no school building because it's on a peninsula where you they don't have access to main land main country usa so they have to those children who lives in point roberts have to drive 40 kilometers through canada to get to the school in the town of uh, i forgot to, in the town of blaine because they're schooled in the town of blaine but to get from port roberts to blaine you have to drive 40 kilometers to canada every day to get there and you know how long that takes to get over the border sometimes between those two countries. Even the school kids have to stop every day at the border control where the, the bus driver has to give them passports to at the border control every time when they go to school, like each day. So they don't go by boat to school. No, they have to drive 40 kilometers every day to get there to their school in, in the United States, which is right, driving through Canada. Which is weird, but yeah. It's like that. Point Roberts, if you live there and you go to school, well, it's a tough life for your kids. That's like that. But let's say in Canada, because there's another place in the United States where you can't go, which you can't reach by car at all. So you have to, the capital of Alaska, which is called Juneau, which is, has a French name, Juneau, 
And to get to Juneau, it's not possible to get there by car, not from the United States and also not from Canada. If you want to go to Juneau, it's just a possibility by boat or by plane. That's it, because it's on a part of Alaska, on islands, and on one of those fjords. Yeah, no way to get there by car. Impossible. There are roads there. If you have, if you're on in Juneau, you can drive around, of course, but just around Juneau. That's a place where I would love to go with you one because that place looks cool. So uh, what is over there? Oh, it does nature. So when we, if you, we, I, there's one place in Canada where I want to go with you is Glondike because we all, both love, love the stories about our most favorite uncle from from Scotland, Uncle Scrooge. Oh, yes. So if we're going to one day to Glondike and to Dawson City, we may have to do a stop in Juneau because in Dawson City, I want to do the Frozen Toad Challenge. So for people who don't know the Frozen Toad Challenge in Dawson City in Canada, there's a bar where you have, you can, you can get a diploma, but to get that diploma or to get a member in the Frozen Toad Club, you have to drink a drink where there, apparently there's a real frozen toe in it and your lips have to touch the frozen toe when you have to drink. And I'm crazy with stuff like that. I have to do that. Even if it sounds disgusting, I want to do the fucking frozen toe challenge. I do stuff like that when I travel. I'm crazy. So, yeah, frozen toe challenge. We do that, Ian, when we go to, to the Glondike. And you too. That's the real stuff. That's all you. Ah, you do that too as well. Yeah. You're crazy as fuck with booze as well. If you're drunk, I have, I have, if you had enough beer, I just have to say, you, I dare you. And you're like, okay, if you pay. I'm not that simple, am I? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes. Because, for example, simple. Let's go and keep it with simple. You love your burgers, right? Oh, yes. Well, there's a one country in the world which is called Belize in South America. Or in, no, well, it's between in Middle America, so where Mexican or Madama is. There's no McDonald's in that country. That's one of those few countries in the world where there's no McDonald's. Well, you probably can get a burger somewhere else, which is much better than the fucking McDonald's, but there's no McDonald's in Belize. Not to say. Yeah. But we have been to one interesting McDonald's. Again, let's go back to New England states. We have been in the McDonald's in a town called New. No, what was it? No, it was not Newport, but it was something also called Port. Port? Town? No, I can't remember. Not a port town. Was it? Well, it's a town somewhere. In, I will. We will write in the show notes. But there's one city in Maine where all the buildings have to look kind of the same. So they have their classical New England buildings. So McDonald's has always the, everywhere that typical normal building. Like, well, you see it, you know it's a McDonald's. But there in that town in Vermont, it's a classic American wooden house. And that is a McDonald's. That was, it's like the most beautiful McDonald's we have ever been, I would say. Yeah, it looks like a regular old house. Yeah, you, uh, that was interesting. you never guessed there'd be a McDonald's also, in there. Inside the of it wasn't like the normal McDonald's table. It was like old classic American furniture. It's a nice change of pace. Yeah. Not every McDonald's has to be the same. For example, in Hong Kong, you have like a fancy McDonald's. I was in Hong Kong, you have a fancy McDonald's. So that was a McDonald's 2.0, they called it, because that was a McDonald's with a salad bar, with an open kitchen, where they were cooking everything in front of you very freshly. You got your burgers with a fork and a knife. Your drinks were served in a glass. 
and that was in Hong Kong at McDonald 2.0, which was also a very interesting experience for me because that was like fancy McDonald's. And yeah, the burgers were better. There was some real good meat over there at McDonald's. And it was much more expensive. So it was just more fancy and even the better quality. So McDonald's, if you go to McDonald's, yeah, McDonald's isn't, as I said, not the most awesome place to go to, but it's interesting to try McDonald's in different countries because a lot of countries have stuff at McDonald's or Burger King which you can't find anywhere. That's why if you go to a weird country, try McDonald's because you may find some very weird item to try. But yeah, let's stay. Yeah, like Australia had uh, that one uh, special burger with uh, beetroot or something. Yeah, in, in Australia, you have the Australian Whopper, the Australian Big Mac, and there's always some a big beast road on it. That's the Australian burgers and a neck. But for example, in McDonald's, Japan, you had one burger with fish or the bun was made entirely of rice. So uh, yeah, try McDonald's. If you go outside or from, or if we have some American listeners, I know all the American listen, Americans go crazy when the McRib is released. Apparently the McRib in the United States is a special item which is just released every few years. Well, my dear American listeners come to Europe or to Luxembourg, we have the McRib all the time. Mm. Yes. So yeah, let's have, I have two more facts, which are short ones and then we're through. So we have, in North America as well, the country of Haiti. Haiti is the only country in the world where voodoo is an official religion. So, yeah, in Haiti, voodoo is a religion. So don't go mad in, don't do shit in Haiti because maybe someone will then do a doll of you with needles and then you're fucked. So Haiti has voodoo. So take care if you go one day to Haiti. Probably you won't. Oh, you will not go only to the neighbor country, the Republic Dominican Republic, because there's nothing in Haiti. Haiti, but take care if you go to Haiti one day. And our final fact: the country of Monaco is smaller than the Central Park in New York. Mm -hmm. I can confirm that. I've been to both places. You can cross Monaco. I think when I did that two years ago with my friend Christophe, it took us less to less than an hour to go from one side of Monaco to a, to the other one. And Central Park, well, we have been only for a short time at Central Park, but but we were longer than an hour in Central Park when we walked to. So Central Park in New York is big, really big. Kind of hard to believe that. Uh... Cross Monaco is really small, but still center park. It's bigger than the entire country. Wow. Ah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's like that. Just to say, everything's bigger in the States, huh? Exactly. And yeah, those were my weird geography facts that I have for this episode, Ian. And now to finalize this episode, I have two more questions for you about our travels. So, well, what what was the best place that I that you ever went to with me in your eyes the best that's place that's a tough one there's there's a lot of good contenders i mean one hand uh, well uh, i put uh, tokyo quite on the top that yeah tokyo is awesome i mean especially for for someone uh, for people like us who come from very small country and uh, who have no perspective of uh, large cities then heading over to a uh, country, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, heading over to a to a city that's probably large. That's probably large. No, Tokyo isn't larger than our country, is it? Uh, I'm not sure. I would doubt that, but uh, still, it's uh, not only the size I'm impressed, but there's uh, so many interesting things to watch. I mean, uh, for us, of course, the uh, Akibahara, the Akibahara was uh, quite awesome. If you're into manga and more the uh, modern uh, Japan Japanese culture, of course, then uh, the robot restaurant, which was a nice cross between uh, the. Uh, bit more kitschy version of the uh, modern Japanese culture mixed <laughs> with ancient Japanese culture was Robert a very impressive show. Robert Rasto, that was something. Even for it's... my Jap even now my Japanese friend who went with us, he was like, what the fuck? I live in Japan. That was even for me as a Japanese guy. What the fuck? But that show is awesome. You go to a show, you have like, it's called Robot Restaurant. It's in the red light district of Tokyo. It's like very weird music. Robots are mostly people in a robot costume, but they have also like robot. Yeah, they have some robot shit. Then they are doing weird dances, show with lights, and it's like just crazy as fuck. But it's awesome. Uh, that was the second best hearing damage of my life. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of hoping that that would uh, the robot wrestler would, I was pretty sure the robot wrestler would be the answer of my final question because my final question was probably like. What I'm was still it? on the first one, right? Uh, I still have to pick a second. I mean, you asked for two, right? Yeah, you can also go for two. Let's go for three, even. Let's do your top three. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, Sydney was quite impressive. I mean, we had uh, the trip through the Sydney Bridge. That was uh, really awesome. The city itself uh, has a lot of things to offer. And it's, it's really... Beautiful city, also. Yeah, it has uh, nature, it has sub city vibes like New York, but then you just go a few kilometers outside of the downtown. Oh. You have the you have Bondi Beach where you can have you, you have cliff walks. Yeah, Sydney has everything. Yeah, and the Blue Mountains are close too. Exactly, Blue Mountains with three sisters, an awesome place with the steepest railway track in the world. Yeah, Sydney is one of my absolutely favorite places to go to. And your number three, bro? Number three, ooh. Oh, now I have to decide. There's a lot of awesome places we've been to. Uh, I'd say still that would be Hawaii. I mean, uh, now Waikiki wasn't that impressive. Uh, aside from the beach, it was a pretty unimpressive uh, modern city but uh, the entire landscape of the island i mean uh, the trip up to the diamond head uh, mountain that was uh, it was tiring as uh, as heck but uh, the, the view you get track, there over the, the entire track to get up to one mountain that was tough yeah oh right the diamond head was the bunker wasn't it the diamond head is the one in um, in honolulu but the one where we took i forgot the name of it now where there's one so you can hike on an old railway track the hike oh, yes, is probably just two kilometers but it goes very steep up but at the end you have such an awesome view yeah hawaii is great yeah i remember when we headed up that uh, that uh, railroad uh, 
that uh, we've had quite a trouble getting up and uh, behind us there was a group of uh, runners that without taking any break that just ran up the whole track and uh, when you have at the top they ran down without turning around in fact that was crazy it took it take, well if you were well it took us only an hour to go up because we weren't even if it was very hard to get up it took us an hour to get up in, uh, but and then down you go down in like 15 minutes <laughs> way back down it's just like 50 minutes because down it's easier than up oh yeah but yeah that, those are good top three yeah, so uh, yeah tokyo sydney and uh, hawaii that sounds i'd say that's my top three and what would have been the weirdest place okay i was was pretty sure when i asked you the weirdest place you would say the robot restaurant but now you already said the robot restaurant for your cool place so what was the weirdest place you have been well I'm uh, I'm an internet person, so uh, you'd have to go uh, quite some lengths for me to find something really weird. But uh, really weird place. That's a tough one. Because I, as a Westerner, there's just a culture clash between our culture and uh, the Japanese one. So it's probably still Japan, the uh, Akibahara. I mean, there's all this awesome stuff. Uh, I mean, if you like video games, if you like anime, if you like manga, Akibahara is the place to be, but there's also a lot of uh, weird, lots of, yeah, weird stuff. I mean, uh, these uh, maid cafes is something. Uh, what? Yeah. yeah, you really have really need to want to do that i'd say I and of course my, the... i went to make cafe my first time in japan i will never go back into one of these it was you feel like a fucking paid of pedophile in it because it's just weird those girls we okay they are all over 20 or more but it was you sit there and it's yeah like, they're adults like, but what they... the fuck they come to like you want to play games and they were like playing and they're doing want to do picture with you with a heart of, oh, it was it was interesting but i will not go back to another fucking makeup that was like no that was too weird for me you gotta like it i guess I would go back to a cat cafe. We did also one of those cat cafes over there. That was interesting. You just go to a cafe, you get a Coke and you can pet cat while you drink that Coke. That was interesting. You have also like that. There's also cafes like that in Tokyo where you can pet an, an owl or some other pets. But yeah, that was more interesting than the fucking maid cafe. I guess if you need your daily dose of cats and you got your own travel, that's the place to be. Exactly. Yeah, Tokyo. I would say Tokyo was probably also one of the weirder places I have been. I love Tokyo. I just love going to Japan, just to eat the food that you can get there, you, and all the weird shit that you can see over the Japan is just awesome. I could go to that country like every year just to try all the weird food and drinks that you can find. And just go to fucking Seven Eleven, which are there around every corner. You can find always another weird drink, beer, food item, or whatever. But it, and it's even it's 7-eleven is like a convenience store but you get good food there and it's ah they have so much awesome stuff to eat and drink over there in japan they got the weirdest oreo or kit kats you have sweet potato kit kats which are awesome i had a sweet potato cheesecake which was awesome just the food over there sushi in japan you can't compare sushi in, like can you have in japan you can't find in europe it's so much better fast food is much better over there 
It's oh, awesome. and those Okinawa sweet potatoes. Oh yeah, those were so good. The purple the sweet, ones. Purple sweet potatoes, Okinawa. Oh. I like that weird snake drink they had. Generally, I'm not into that strong alcohol, but that was really good. Oh yeah, they had a booze in Okinawa where there you have a snake inside the bottle, a real snake, so not a fake one, and the booze was good. It wasn't too strong. It was a little bit sweet, but it was good. I had it. We had the pure. We had the cocktails. The snake booze over there in Okinawa. Try it when you go over there. Probably like the first time I had it, they thought I was one of those typical tourists because I took a drink and then the, the girl from the restaurant came. Oh, you take picture? Oh, no, I don't want a picture with the fucking bottle and the snake. But okay, I took a picture with the bottle and of me and the snake in it. But yeah, but it's a good. The snake bit is a bit old. Yeah. Yeah. I would say let's that was it for today so it was a great talk with you Ian thank you for joining us today for this geography well, thank episode. you for having me we may have a rerun in the future with some more travel stories but yeah that was it for today so thank you Ian again for joining us I hope everyone enjoyed the show and I hope you enjoyed it too I know you're not the biggest podcast fan but I hope you at least like it to be once a guest on the podcast well first time for everything exactly so yeah, that was Ian. So Ian, you will probably be back one day. Thanks again for joining and have You're a great very well. evening, dude. So that was my guest tonight. So this was my brother, Ian. I hope you enjoyed our show, even if none of us was this time a native English speaker. So I hope our Luxembourgish English wasn't too weird for you. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed our stories of our travels and some, well, just the shit we talked between the facts. I hope it was enjoyable for you. I kind of liked it, so I think he was a good guest. First, he didn't want to join, but I forced him, and I think he also liked it. And, well, you know how I have to finish my episode, so I know you all like my dad jokes, so let's... I have, of course, some travel dad jokes, so let's go through three jokes to finalize tonight's episode so let's start with the first one why did the librarian got kicked off the plane well the plane was overbooked <laughs> and what travels around the world but stays in one corner of course a stamp what else that was your like yeah obvious and the final one did you hear about the restaurant on the moon no, well, it has great food, but no atmosphere. That sucked. <laughs> yeah, so those were the jokes for today's episode. So again, I hope you enjoyed our episode tonight. We'll be back next week. Again, we never know what the next episode will be, but I hope you will still be back and have a great weekend. Bye-bye.